Wait, did Mickey Mouse just try and fuck Scarlett Johansson? No sleep till! Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ninja Nerd Warrior podcast for the week of August 1st, 2021. I am your host, Greg Hernandez, and hey, it's been a while. It has been a while. Um, you know what? I'm going to skip the excuse. I screwed up. That's pretty much it. Had a lot on my plate with work and getting my ass back into shape. And then one day I realized, I was like, when was the last time I did a podcast? Oh, Wow. Yeah, so I'm basically the deadbeat dad of podcasters. That 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 happened. Yeah. So anyway, we're back, and I'll be honest with you, there hasn't really been a lot that I've been interested in. Like there hasn't been a lot to talk about. I'm just kind of like, I mean, here was your headline: live fans came back to pro wrestling events. Well, live fans as opposed to dead fans. Let me try that again. Fans came back to pro wrestling live events. There we go. That's probably a better way to put it. Yeah, that was it. That's pretty much been the big story of the last month. And you know what? It's a cool story. It's definitely made the the TV product more watchable. Pro wrestling is like stand-up comedy. Like, you can't do it in a building by yourself. There's really, you can, but it's fucking stupid. I've done both, by the way. I've wrestled and done stand-up in empty, empty rooms before. So once you get used to it, it's not that bad. But it's not that fun to watch. And that, what the hell? Sorry. <laughs> I Folks, it's like 2 in the morning, and I just heard like, 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 sounds like a pipe burst. I probably should go check it out, but screw it. It's been a while since I've done a show, so I'm going to stick with this. And But yeah, that was just, it. it's made the TV product more watchable. So, you know, that's cool. But did you want to hear me talk about that for 45 minutes? Because I didn't want to hear me talk about that for 45 minutes. And then in the last week, week and a half, so much stuff has hit the fan that I'm just like, oh, yeah, I got to do a show. Uh, Here's a preview. WWE fired Bray Wyatt and Ric Flair. Ric Flair? Fucking Ric Flair. They fired (laughs) Ric Flair. AEW has hired Brian Danielson and CM Punk. And Disney tried to royally fuck uh, Scarlett Johansson out of a shitload of money. Good enough preview? Yeah, that's what's happened in the last 10 days. So I'm just going like, oh, I should probably remember how my recording equipment works because I should do a show on this. So um, anyway, let's dive in headfirst. So, like I've already said, WWE has released Bray Wyatt, or as they would put it, they have come to terms on the release of Bray Wyatt. And this, um, wow, why? Folks, we have not seen Bray Wyatt since WrestleMania. Yeah, it was, it was WrestleMania because last time we saw Randy Orton lit him on fire and he went up like a meth lab and he was off TV for a month, two months. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Comes back at Mania to get his revenge and got jobbed out to an RKO. Wait, hold on. Let me get straight. You set the guy on fire. He came back. You hit him with RKO. And that's it. End of Bray Wyatt. 
Um, oh, it gets better. They wield a giant jack-in-the-box with Alexa Bliss sitting on top, which distracted Bray Wyatt, enabling Randy Orton to get the pin. Okay, so that was the last time. Oh, those fans were pissed, too. Booed that shit out of the building. So that was the last time we saw Bray Wyatt. And we did hear that he had some kind of medical issue. Can you be a little more vague? Okay. Um, was it an illness? Was it an injury? Nobody said anything. And then, oh, this part sucks. We heard that he took the death of Brody Lee really bad. And that sucks because, yeah, I can totally see, like, if my traveling buddy that I've been in the business with for years dies, yeah, I might not want to go back to work for a while either. So uh, whatever the issue is, we haven't seen him since Mania, and that was back in April. Um, it's now August. How many months is that? Because I, I dropped it out of junior college. Let's say six months, eight months, whatever. I don't know. I'm fucking that up. I know. But yeah. And then we get a statement released from WWE saying that they've released him. So, oh, okay. And of course, every wrestling fan on the planet is like, he's going to AEW. He's going to AEW. You know what? He might. He, you know, he might go to Impact. He might go to ROH because contrary to popular belief, both of those companies have a shitload of money. Okay. Uh, Impact is owned by Anthem Entertainment and ROH is owned by Sinclair. Both companies have a shit ton of money. So, yeah, he might he might go to New Japan. We or shocking, uh he might be done with the business altogether. It's possible. Stranger things have happened. The death of Brody Lee might have hit him might have hit him that hard that he's just like fuck it. I I don't want to do this anymore. You know, rumor had it that uh, Benoit wasn't the same after Guerrero died. Hopefully Bray Wyatt doesn't take it that hard, but yeah. All right. Maybe that was a little tasteless and uh, I could say I'm better than that, but we both know I'm not. Anyway, Ric Flair has also been fired. And when I heard that, I went, they fired Ric Flair. Who the hell fires Ric Flair besides Eric Bischoff and Jim Hurd. Um, and then I went, Oh wait, didn't, didn't, didn't he sue them two years ago? Oh, that's probably why they fired him. Cause you know, that case probably, you know, it's finally settled and they went, fuck you. You're fired. Yeah. Rick sued the WWE a couple years ago because what has Flair always said to be the man, you have to beat the man. And he trademarked that he trademarked that phrase. What were they calling Becky Lynch a few years ago? The man they're referring to as the man. Yeah. And so I remember reading these interviews that Rick did. Rick, like we're, you know, we're on a first name bay. Hey, Rick. Hey, Greg. But I read these interviews that Flair did saying that he trademarked the, the name, the man. And when they started calling Becky Lynch that, Flair went, what the fuck? I'm paraphrasing, of course. And then they started putting out Becky Lynch merch that said the man. And Flair's at home going, the fuck? And apparently he tried to contact Vince McMahon. He tried to contact Triple H and he's going like, um, you guys know I had this trademark, right? Like you either can't use it or you have to pay me royalties because I own it. And yeah, so apparently they either blew Ric Flair off or they basically flat out said, fuck you. 
And, you know, I mean, Vince McMahon trying to fuck one of his wrestlers out of out of royalties. Um, that's not the Vince McMahon that I know. And so after, you know, trying to settle this with him, he said, fuck you, talk to my attorney. And he sued them. And that was two years ago. So when I heard that they fired him, I went, oh, oh, that that must be they must have settled. And because you can't fire somebody in the middle of a lawsuit because that adds more fuel to the fire. So I was thinking, and this was just my speculation, that this case must have got it settled. And they went, all right, you're done. And then the more I looked into it, I found out, no, he asked for his release. And I guess Vince said, well, you know, he's only doing car shield commercials. We're not using him. So fuck him. Yeah, get rid of him. And I know I just did the whole every wrestling fan wants Bray Wyatt to go AEW and don't count on it because, you know, he's got other options. But this is Ric Flair. okay? And guys, who else is working for AEW right now? Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard. I'm sure one phone call you can get Barry Windham and, and JJ Dillon. How cool would it be? How absolutely cool would it be to see the horsemen show up on, on dynamite that? Oh, oh my God. 12 year old me would just mark the fuck out. Really? Now, now I'm not saying let them wrestle. I'm not. All right. Don't think that I'm saying that we're going to bring them in and we're going to feature them. And no, no, no. They show up on a big show like an all out or a fighter fest or AEW only has four pay-per-views. I can't remember any of them right now, but it's two in the morning. So anyway, but just bring them out. Hey, we've got the horsemen folks. AEW does more for wrestling history than WWE does. And WWE has bought and purchased most of the wrestling history. What kind of shit is that? But I'm just saying, bring the horsemen out, get one big nostalgia pop. Just treat these guys like the legends they are. That's all I'm asking. I'm not telling you to feature them. I'm not telling you to put them in some big story, you know, big, some big angle. Um, don't have them break Dustin's arm, you know, which actually would be kind of cool. Think about it. But yeah, anyway, so to Bray Wyatt and Ric Flair. I think I just invented the podcast cheap pop. Anyway, moving on. AEW has just hired Brian Danielson and CM Punk. That's badass. Okay. Now, here is here is the issue I've been having with a lot of people on on social media lately. Is the standard bitch is well AEW is just hiring old former WWE guys. Which it in a factual basis is true. They're hiring all the old WWE guys. However, WWE is the only company firing people. So no shit that AEW is hiring old WWE guys because WWE keeps firing fucking people for budgetary reasons. And I'm calling bullshit. I'm sorry. I'm calling bullshit. There was an investor call like three days ago. And for any of you who've never listened to these investor calls, oh, it's fantastic. Because it's basically Vince and Nick Khan, their, what the hell is Nick Khan, their vice president? Uh, not Tony Khan, no relation. Nick Khan, basically what happens is they get on a giant conference call and they tell all the investors how much fucking money they're making and how successful they're being. And 
then you fire people for budgetary reasons? That's fucking stupid. Hey, look, we're making all this money, but we're still going to fire these people because we can't afford to keep them. Um, yeah, that's that's as stupid as you get. However, doing stupid shit is not not necessarily new to these people. So, yeah, you're telling all these investors how much money you're making, but you're firing people for budgetary reasons. And you have just lost Brian Danielson. Daniel Bryan, if you guys are being if you guys are confused, you've just lost Brian Danielson. Now, Danielson is one of these few people that is not in the business for the money. He's in it for the love of the of the business. So you can sit here and you can say, well, he's not going to make as much money as in AEW. Well, he doesn't give a shit. He wants to wrestle. And he's also said that he wants to work everywhere. He wants to work New Japan. He wants to work. CMLL has actually been one of his big goals for years. And I'm sure, you know, once the COVID thing's under control down there, he'll work CMLL. All right. But it is locked down that he is working for AEW. Okay. So wait a second. I just thought of something. All right. Um, Tony Khan is not above licensing music. Are we getting Brian Danielson to the final countdown again? Oh, I would. Oh, folks, I would pop. I would pop huge if final countdown starts playing and Daniel Brian Danielson. Damn it. That that habit's going to be hard to break. Brian Danielson shows up. I I would probably wet myself. I'm not going to lie. But anyway, yeah, Danielson now has the freedom and the flexibility to work for AEW get a paycheck from AEW, but still have the freedom to go work a New Japan, an Impact, an ROH. Um, Tommy End, Malachi Black, just showed up at PWG this past weekend. That's cool as shit. Folks, think about this. Okay, so pro wrestlers were allegedly independent contractors, but... WWE has completely screwed the definition of independent contractor because they weren't allowing you to work for anybody else, which that makes you an employee, not an independent contractor. But now you just had Tommy in Malachi Black, whatever he's going as on the indies. You just have him. He has a contract with AEW showed up to wrestle Super Dragon at PWG this weekend. That's badass. So. How awesome would it be to see a Brian Danielson show up at PWG? John Moxley's been working GCW wrestling for the last couple weeks, weeks, months, something like that. Matt Cordona just beat Nick Gage for the GCW heavyweight title. And when I heard that, I went, wait, the woo 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 guy just won a death match with Nick Gage? Really? All right. That's that's cool. But yeah, but this is the kind of thing that makes pro wrestling badass. This was this is the kind of thing that when I started watching when I was 12 years old, I was I was saying like, yeah, what would happen if Hulk Hogan wrestled Ric Flair? What would happen if the Ultimate Warrior wrestled Sting? Now I know that match probably would have sucked, but this is this is what makes pro wrestling badass is you allow these guys to go from place to place. And all right, here was an idea that I had. Um, and this was just me being, you know, throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticked. Uh, sticked? Sticked. Stuck. Wow. Junior college, folks. 
dropped out twice. Anyway, how awesome would it be to see workers basically have a home promotion, but the contract allows them to go work other promotions? Okay. How awesome would it be to see, like, I mean, you're starting to see it now a little bit, like impact talent show up at AEW, AEW talent show up in new Japan. You have, you know, maybe ROH guys show up in Mexico. That's what the business should be. All right. And then why I know WWE tries to lock down talent, you know, three to five years. I think Randy Orton just signed a five-year contract like a year ago or something, but what if you're only signing for a year? What if Brian Danielson is, is the pioneer to maybe start off? I'm not saying this is his contract. I have no idea what his contract is. But hypothetically, how cool would it be if Brian Danielson signed for a year and then at the end of that year, he gets to re-up with AEW or maybe New Japan offers him more money. He goes to work New Japan. But now we know the precedent's been set that just because he's working for New Japan doesn't mean he can't come back and work AEW, okay? It's not even like if he signed to New Japan, he's working solely in Japan. Folks, New Japan has a dojo, has a show that runs out of LA, all right? The fucking guy lives in Aberdeen, Washington. So he can be signed with New Japan doing shows in LA and then going back home to Washington all in the same weekend. Like this is the kind of thing that's cool as shit right now. And I'm really hoping that becomes a reality. Of course, WWE is not going to participate in any of that shit. So don't get any of your hopes up there, but I'm kind of hoping that's going toward where the business is going to be is did I, Holy shit. I just got super excited about this. <laughs> I just got super excited about a scenario I made up in my own head and has no basis in reality. Think about that for a second. So anyway, I know I'm fantasy booking here, but that's where I would love to see this going. So yeah, here's a, uh, here's, here's, here's the hope. Now from the awesomeness of Brian Danielson signing with AEW to the incredibly mega awesomeness of CM Punk. Now, most people want to ask why is CM Punk signing with AEW more awesome than Brian Danielson. And realistically, it's not. They, they are the equal level of awesome. But CM Punk is perceived as more awesome because, well, let's face it. CM Punk became a cult hero eight or ten years ago. Eight or ten years ago, CM Punk confirmed what a lot of wrestling fans suspected, which was, you know what, maybe... WWE isn't as great as they make themselves out to be. Here's what I mean. Cena got booed all to shit because the fans, in my opinion, felt like they were like Cena was being rammed down their throats. Roman Reigns, up until, what, a year ago, was getting booed because WWE fans felt like he was getting shoved down their throat. They were, they were cheering for... Uh, Daniel Bryan and Vince said, nope, you're getting Roman Reigns. And I think a lot of fans just got tired of cheering one guy, but because he wasn't the guy, he wasn't Vince's guy. They didn't, they didn't get what they wanted. 
And for a company that prides themselves on listening to their audience, they didn't listen for shit. And CM Punk was the guy who basically just came out and said, you know what? This company sucks. And a lot of the fans went, yeah, yeah, this company sucks. And because of that, when Punk walked out on his contract, wrestling fans lost their shit. Because you had two camps. You had the CM Punk fans who chanted his name five years after he left. They, they chanted his name five years after he walked out on the company because they went, yeah, Punk was our guy. And think about this, folks. How many times did Punk hold the world title? Three? Four times? Didn't he set a record for being the longest-running champion in modern history? Wasn't that the tagline they were trying to get over? How many main events did he wrestle in as the champion? Go ahead. Google it. I'll wait. Spoiler alert. The answer is zero. He wrestled in zero main events. Because even when Punk was the champion, John Cena was the main event. And I think that was what pissed a lot of people off. You know, so when Punk left and he waited two months, three months, however long he waited before he did the Cabana podcast, and he came out flat out and said, hey, this place sucks. They didn't take care of me when I was injured. They didn't give a shit about me when I was champion. I busted my ass for this company and they couldn't care less because I wasn't John Cena. And he came out and again, you have these fans who resented Cena because they felt like he was shoved down their throat and they're cheering for Punk. And then Punk came out and said, yeah, Punk said, you know what? I like John, but let's face it. I was the champ. He was the main event. And I think Punk, when Punk just snapped and basically said, you know what? I'm done. I'm out of here. And he walked out. I seriously think that made him a cult hero to a lot of fans. And all right. Remember the pipe bomb promo? Of course you do. Everyone does. They have it fucking, they have it memorized. Let's, let's not pretend they don't. Okay. Punk was the guy who kind of broke down that fourth wall in the, in the pipe bomb and he was talking about, you know, maybe after I win the title from John Cena, maybe I'll go defend it in ROH. Maybe I'll go defend it in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And he tore down that wall, that perceived wall that WWE likes to likes to keep up where, hey, we're the only wrestling that matters. And Punk said, no, I'll go wrestle for these guys. I'll go wrestle for these guys. What's going on right now? AEW is doing business with these guys and doing business with these guys. And so Punk set all that in motion, again, just my opinion, set that in motion eight years ago, 10 years ago, all right? Now, you have the other camp of um, extremely loud wrestling fans who were like, fuck CM Punk. He walked out on us, you know? No, no, he didn't. He didn't walk out on you. He walked out on the company. If your boss isn't treating you right, do you stay there or do you do you fucking bail? Punk fucking bailed. 
All right. So I think that's what's made punk such a polarizing character is that love him or hate him. You're going to watch him. All right. The we haven't seen him in seven years. So the fans that haven't seen him wrestle. Oh, they're not missing it. They are not missing it. Missing him wrestle. The fans that hated him haven't seen him wrestle in seven years and they're going to tune in just to watch him fall on his face. Like they did when he fought in the UFC that, that did not end well for him. It did. Hey, but you know what? It was a bucket list item. He got to cross off. So good on him, but still didn't end well. Either way, love him or hate him. You're going to tune in and watch. So I think that's why AEW signing punk is such a genius move because again, you know, love him or hate him, you're going to be watching that first episode of Dynamite or that first episode of Rampage that he's on. Nobody's missing that shit. Okay? But I want you to think about this for a second. I want you to think about that first time that cult of personality starts to play and those wrestling fans lose their shit. Admit it. I just played a couple seconds of that song and your nipples got hard. That's okay. You don't have to be ashamed. It happened to all of us. So that is the story of Brian Danielson, CM Punk in AEW. Moving on to our main event segment. The, <laughs> oh my God, this, this story here, folks. Scarlett Johansson has filed a multi-million dollar lawsuit against Disney over the Black Widow release. Now, why is she suing? Uh, because Disney screwed her out of a metric shit ton of money. That's why. Um, so, what happened was, um, I don't know if you paid attention, but been a pandemic going on for like last year and a half, and everything shut down. So, before that, the Black Widow movie was already done in post-production, scheduled for a release in 2020. Well, it's with a shutdown, they couldn't release in 2020. So they pushed the release back like four times. And finally, they just said, screw it. We'll release in theaters if possible, but we're going to release on Disney Plus. Which, as a fan, you're like, all right, sounds reasonable. However, Scarlett Johansson's payoff was tied to the release. So what they did was in negotiating her contract for this movie, they agreed to give her a percentage of the box office sales. Which is a really good deal considering how well all of the Marvel Studio movies have done, right? Um, I think that's, that's an awesome deal if you're going to release in theaters. As we've established, pandemic going on, they couldn't release in theaters. And as we've already said, Disney released in theaters on the same day they released it on Disney+. Plus. Now, the obvious loophole in the contract is, do they have to pay Scarlett Johansson for the, all the money that was made from the Disney Plus release? Short answer, no. No, they don't. That's why Scarlett Johansson's pissed. And she should be. Okay. Her contract stated that she got a percentage of the box office ticket sales, and it was also determined how many theaters they were going to release in. 
But let's be honest, if you had the choice of going to the theater and putting up with all of these loud ass people who probably unvaccinated and don't know when to shut up or put their phones away during movies, or you have the choice to sit at home and watch it on your flat screen TV in your underwear, what are you going to choose? Most of us are going to pick the flat screen TV underwear scratching ourselves. Yeah. And so I guarantee you, you took a giant chunk out of how many people went and saw that movie in theaters. And according to what I've read so far, Scarlett Johansson's management contacted Disney before they released and said, wait a second, how is this dual release going to affect her payout? And they ignored her. They never got back to her. So basically, Disney left Scarlett Johansson on red. That's that's what happened. And then they released. And I'm sure she got, you know, a projection of what she was going to get paid. And from what I understand, they cost Scarlett Johansson somewhere in the neighborhood of $50 million. $50 million? $50 million. So yeah, that's why she's pissed. And you'd be pissed too. We all know I get bored and end up arguing with trolls on social media. And one guy said, oh, well, tough shit. I didn't need to know where, where Black Widow came from. It was a trash-ass movie. She should have she done it. And I said, dude, imagine somebody hires you for a job, agrees to pay you $50 million for this job, so you do the job, and then they find a loophole where they don't have to give you $50 million. What do you do? Oh, well, well, I kicked their ass. Exactly. That's what Scarlett Johansson's doing. She's pissed. She's going to kick their ass. Kind of a felony to do that literally. So you do it in court. And here's, okay. I kind of saw this coming. I really did because, not last December, December before, when they released Wonder Woman to HBO Max, I went, Okay, well, that's really good for the fans, but how are these giant multi-million dollar movies going to make their money back if you're releasing to Disney Plus or you're releasing to HBO Max or whatever streaming service you're releasing to? You, you can't do it. So either what's going to happen is they're going to have to go back to theaters when theaters open back up or they're going to have to not make a $30 million budget, a movie with a $30 million budget. All right. I figured these movies would not profit, but even I didn't figure out like, Oh, they're going to screw the talent. <laughs> they're going to royally screw the actors over. If their payout is tagged to ticket sales. And so that's, what's going on with Scarlett Johansson. But then Gerard Butler this all started a giant landslide. This, this, oh, this opened up the floodgates because once Scarlett Johansson sued, Gerard Butler went, oh, hey, wait, I had a movie that got released on, on streaming when the, during the pandemic, Olympus has fallen. It did shit because it was supposed to be released during in 2020. So Gerard Butler sued. And then Emma Stone went, oh, wait, you guys are suing? 
I'm suing because Disney released Cruella on Disney Plus instead of in theaters. So what Disney did was they found this loophole where they could royally screw over their their actors and not have to pay them out. And now they have pissed the actors off. Oh my God, they're pissed. Because Disney's still going to make money on the streaming releases. But legally, they don't have to share that with the actors. You don't have to give them percentage because... And Disney is going to try and die on this hill that it wasn't in the original contract. We don't have to pay you out a percentage of the streaming revenue because it wasn't in your contract. So now what's going to happen, those are the first three. Scarlett Johansson, Gerard Butler, and Emma Stone are the first three. But you know there's going to be a shit ton of people whose movies get released uh, on streaming services who went, wait, hold on, nope, we're suing. So that is a dick move, folks. That is an absolute dick move that Disney just tried to pull on basically one of the cornerstones of the MCU. All right, say what you will about Scarlett Johansson, say what you will about Natasha Romanoff, the character. You could not have pulled off phase one of the MCU without Black Widow. You couldn't have. All right? And so, yeah, I I read that and I was like, oh. And you know what? This, not quite the same thing, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to equate it. Not the first dick move that Disney's pulled like this. All right? Do you guys know that Disney screwed over Robin Williams on... Aladdin on the original Aladdin movie. They Robin Williams agreed to do the movie. Robin Williams only got paid like $175,000. And he said, all right, I'll do the movie. I'll do the voiceover, whatever you need. But I don't want the genie on the poster because Mrs. Doubtfire was coming out at the same time. And he thought Aladdin would take away from Mrs. Doubtfire. So he didn't want genie on the poster. Genie was smack dab in the middle of every fucking poster. And, and Disney just said, well, oh, well. So Robin Williams said, okay, fuck you. And he didn't, he stopped working with Disney. He did. I think he, he, well, obviously he did the third Aladdin movie, but he never worked with Disney again, ever again. You guys remember how Disney fucked over George Lucas (laughs) in his book? Bob Iger, the uh, former CEO of Disney, bragged. Well, maybe not bragged, but he he mentioned in his book how they signed the $2 billion, $3 billion deal with Lucasfilms, that Disney would buy Lucasfilms, and Lucas just sold, said, here, here you go. And Lucas signed over everything, everything that was part of the, the Lucasfilm uh, property. All right. And Lucas had three scripts ready for episode seven, eight, and nine. Okay. And he said, Hey, here's your scripts. I would really appreciate it if you would use these 
to do the next three movies. And Bob Iger said, absolutely, absolutely. You know, we, we cherish everything you did. And so we will definitely use these. And I kind of feel as soon as Lucas left the room, Iger just fucking pitched him in the trash. Now, that's a dick move. And, and you can say that, well, you know, they own Star Wars now. They didn't have to use it. Right. They didn't have to. But Bob Iger could have said that when he signed the contract. Yeah, dude, we're not going to use these. But he just went, yeah, oh, we'll definitely use them. And then Lucas leaves and Iger goes, ah, fuck him. Which is a dick move in and of itself. But it's a bigger dick move to put it in your in your biography, in your autobiography. And not think that I'm going to come off like a gaping dickhole in this one. Yeah, so... You know what, folks? Disney is used to doing dickhead things. Let's let's not pretend they're not. I want you to keep that in mind because Disney released a statement on this particular lawsuit. Get ready for this shit. Quote, There is no merit whatsoever to this filing. The lawsuit is especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Really? Is that, that's the story you're going with? Yeah, we fucked around a $50 million, but we're not the assholes here. She is because she is ignoring the horrific effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, fuck you. Oh my God. They continued. Disney has fully complied with Miss Johansson's contract. No, no, you didn't. All right, because nowhere in the contract did you ever mention the possibility of a streaming service release. So, no, you didn't abide by her contract, you assholes. Sorry, interrupted. And I quote, Furthermore, the release of Black Widow on Disney Plus with Premier Access has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the $20 million that she has already received to date. Translation, you should be happy with what we gave you. That, oh my God, that has that is basically doubling down on dickhead. That's what that is. You released that statement to the public. Oh, okay. All right, folks. There is... <sighs> I don't even know how to process that. There is this thing that multi-billion dollar companies or billionaires in general tend to do where you've made so much money and you have separated yourself from normal human beings so much that you really don't know how to interact with them at all. And basically what this comes down to is you found a loophole in the contract where you could, you didn't have to pay her as much money as you originally projected. And then you released a statement making her the asshole. It's sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific prolonged global effects of COVID-19. Fuck you. Oh my God. Fuck you. That I'm sorry, folks. I've, I've worked with pro wrestlers, stand-up comics and strippers. My bullshit detector is pretty damn high. And when I read that statement, I went, Oh, go fuck yourself. 
you're not even trying to play the good guy in this one. Oh my God. So anyway, yeah, that is, that is the Scarlett Johansson thing. And you know what? I wish her luck. I wish her luck because she was paid to perform and to promote the movie. She did both. She lived up to her end of the contract and Disney went, yeah, but we're going to cut your pay. It's only 50 million. You, you won't even realize it. That's fine. <sighs> All right, folks, we just hit the 40 minute mark. And um, yeah, I wanted to keep this under 45 minutes. So, so far, mission accomplished. I am Greg Hernandez, the Ninja Nerd Warrior. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you enjoy the podcast, God bless you. Do me a favor and go like and subscribe. And you know what? Recommend it to some friends. All right. Just say, hey, do you like people ranting and raving about comics, movies, TV, pro wrestling, whatever the fuck crosses his mind? Um, yeah, you can you can tell them they can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or you can go to ninjanerdwarriorpodcast.com. Like I said, I've got some pro I've got some wrestling shows coming up, which I have not been in the ring in close to two years. You know, year and a half for COVID. And then, you know, we actually, I took a break. I thought I was only going to take like a couple months before that shit hit. So uh, I've got a show coming up for Best of the West, August 14th in Fresno, California, and possibly September 11th in Las Vegas. Uh, you can go to BOTW.TV for the information on both of those. And I have another show coming up August 28th, also in Fresno which I have no information on yet. They haven't, they told me I'm on the show. Haven't told me shit other than that. So as soon as I get some information on that one, I will let you know. So, all right, folks, I am Greg Hernandez and I will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. No sleep till. All right, thanks for letting me take care of that, everybody. And I am the Ninja Nerd Warrior. You can find me on all forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. And you can drop me a line on any of those. Hit me up. Say what's up. Say, if, you know, if you like the show. If you don't like the – you know what? Don't tell me if you don't like the show. Um, but, yeah, hit me up, and it would be good to hear from you guys. If you're listening to this podcast, you already know where to find it. But in case you don't. You can find this anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. I am talking Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere. So I'm going to go ahead and say goodbye, folks, and uh, you guys take care. Talk to you later. <laughs>